Hello and welcome to Einstein's Growth Podcast. This is the second episode. And today, my guest is someone who is really inspiring. It's her first time in a podcast. If she is anxious and stressed, please just be patient with her. You know, we all go baby steps. And my guest for today worked with some amazing companies like one that shaped our childhood, which is Warner Brothers. I know it's super awesome. She is from a psychology background. She works in the banking world as an HR and she was an awesome one. She retired one year ago to start doing what she loves the most, which is coaching people. She is the founder of Dream to Rise LLC. So today, let's enjoy the work of growth with Cynthia Concordia. Hi, Wally. Thank you so much for the introduction. Oh my... I felt my heart really uh, overwhelming, enlarging with, uh, with your introduction. I'm so, so, so thankful. This, as what you've mentioned, this is my first time, and I'm so excited of, about doing this podcast with you. And I, I'm honored, very honored to be one of your guests. <laughs> I hope I will be able to add value in this podcast. <laughs> I, know, I have no doubt that you will bring so much value to the audience and I would like you to introduce yourself a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself, your story. Okay, uh, as what you've mentioned, I retired from the World Bank actually last year, November 1st, actually it's one year now, after working for 20 and a half years no. Before working with the World Bank, I also spent 11 and a half years at the Asian Development Bank. Well, since you've mentioned Warner Brothers, okay, I will add Warner Brothers into the picture. I worked for, uh, for them uh, in the Philippines, uh, Warner Brothers Philippines for three years. And I had a great experience as well uh, with uh, different personalities there. And anyway, my experience with the private sector and international organizations really made me realize how I can make an impact to the lives of other people. You know what, I was exposed to the mission of the World Bank, which is to help alleviate poverty. Yes, it helped me discover and develop my skill set. But most of all, I had the opportunity to interact with individuals from different culture, different race, different age groups, and different economic status. It was really a great learning experience. My interaction with each one of them and my even my interaction with different people outside work helped me gain so much wisdom. I learned how to see life in different perspectives, became more sensitive to the needs of others, be more open to helping, be more compassionate and be more conscious of making an impact to the lives of others. You know what? I also would like to share with you um, my experience also, my, my, my life challenges. Oh, please do. Uh, okay, thank you for letting me. But I am sure each one of us had our own share, but these challenges made me become what I am right now. You know what? I've been married for 23 years, and I have been blessed with two children who are now 29 and 24 so they are now adults now. my marriage has been a roller coaster i think i've been subjected to domestic abuse and this started when my daughter was only five months old back home in the philippines 
we migrated here in the U.S. to give our children better opportunities and at the same time improve my relationship with my husband. However, it turned out the other way. He was on restraining orders twice. The last one was the, for two years. But during the two-year period, I kept on talking to my children that their dad loves them so much. We are all humans. We commit mistakes and deserve a second chance. You know what? I was so happy when they invited him to their graduation, college and high school. But the worst part was when he died due to a massive cardiac arrest. You know, when I saw him at the ER, I really cried so hard. Not because he left us, but because he left us without resolving our issues. We were not able to communicate and forgive each other for six years. Yes, six years. I stayed in my own world. I stopped interacting with my friends, got depressed, impacted my physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Actually, it was only my relationship with God that kept me going. However, I still have my son who still needs to go to college. That was my dream before. So I made a decision that I had to work on myself since my focus was on my son to graduate college. So everything was geared towards that. I did my self-care, which led to a healthier relationship with my children and my family. I also focused more on my work, which led me to more promotion. Oh my wallet, you won't believe all the blessings which were really overflowing during that time. And this led me to financial blessings and manifested the dream for him to graduate in college. Now, this led me to my mission of being a life coach, Wale. I would like to inspire and empower those who are struggling or have struggled but can't get out of their dark bubble. If I was able to overcome my challenges and manifested my dream, I am sure they can also have the power to do it. So that's a little bit of my life story, Wale. Wow. I'm going to add a quick note here to the audience. Like if there is someone that you care about in your life and you have issues or problems or whatever is going on, please, please, please don't let your ego came in the way. Text them, call them, let them know how much you care about them. Let, let them know how much you love them. Because the, the truth is sometimes we let our egos destroy who we are, destroy people that we care about. And... If there's someone you care about, if there's someone you truly love and you are really in a bad spot together, don't don't let your ego ruin that relationship. Call them, text them, I don't know, FaceTime them, whatever it takes, just do it. You have to experience and share the experience of forgiveness. You have to share love. I mean, this is how we can grow as humans. And of course, the idea behind the podcast is growth. So as humans, we have to grow. We have to become better. We have to evolve. Absolutely, Walid. You know what? Forgiveness really played a major role in my life. Because for me, forgiveness is uh, about myself. It's more about myself being cooler, being freer, and living in abundance, say, um, having this inner peace. Without forgiveness, I think I'm st I will still be stuck in my bubble. That's true. Can you tell me how, how did you go from being in a bad spot to the person that you are right now? Like how the, did that sh shift happen? Well, I, um, I don't have control over the people 
uh, when I had challenges with them. No? They have their own mindset. What I did was to refocus on myself, apply my best thinking to create the life I would like to live. That is, for me, spreading positive energy to the people I meet. And I had to repattern my the limiting beliefs that have been making me feel like I am not enough, trapping me in my current uh, level of success. And I had to retune myself to the vibration of abundance, being grateful for all the blessings. It was hard, but I need to do it so there will be less friction. You know what? Before, I was, I was always submissive. But after those challenges, I became more assertive. Take note, assertive, but not aggressive. Being assertive is... When you empathize with that person and honest, when you're honest with your feelings. Me, um, when you provide genuine, real-time feedback to others, you, your intention is not to put him down, but to help that person improve and grow. So now I've learned to, to provide feedback in such a way that would make the other person grow. And I also accept feedback in that manner because I know it will improve, improve me, improve my, my, how I perceive things in life, how I perform better, and how I deliver more value to other people. So I told, as I told you before, a while ago, forgiveness really played a major role. And that's one of the blockages. Unforgiveness, one of the blockages that uh, stops us from moving forward. And I have forgiven the people I had mis misunderstandings with, and I wish them well. For me, as what I've said, forgiveness is more about myself and not the other person. Yes, I wish them well, and the experience I've had is my lessons learned. And that's where, when I get, where I got my wisdom. Now I can live a fuller life, a clearer and more peace within me. That's really, really amazing. And honestly, it's really inspiring. And now I'm, I'm wondering, since you, you came from a psychology background i know that you have a ba in psychology is that correct yes AD so, in psychology and uh bsc in business management how did you find yourself in the in the business world uh, as an hr staff yeah because uh -huh. i know i know you worked as an hr and last time we had a discussion about hr and i expressed myself that i'm not really a big fan of hr and I have my own reasons that I shared with you. Uh -huh. Here's the thing. I believe HR, they should came from a psychology background or at least have some social intelligence and some emotional intelligence or else they are not, they are useless. And I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but it's the truth. <laughs> okay, so... I'll share why, how I was able to go into, how I, how I was able to join the HR department. Actually, taking these two degrees really was my, my passion, or my passion really is to work uh, in HR. However, when I graduated from college, my dream was to get the first job that will hire me because I need to help support my family. Yeah. And um, that was the time when Bank of America offered a, um, a job for me, but as a bank clerk. Now, all jobs offered to me led to secretarial post. 
And uh, so I worked as a corporate secretary at a local cement company, executive assistant at the Warner Brothers, senior admin assistant at the EDB, Asian Development Bank, and program assistant at the World Bank. It was when I really worked hard and volunteered on a corporate level, tried to over-deliver, and did some tasks of a GE-level position, which is the entry level for the professional staff you know, at the World Bank. And this is the analyst position. And this made me visible. I passed the GE readiness program. It's a program where in 800 staff, GE is the level for the HR, uh, the analyst position. So out of 800 staff who applied for this, 25 were considered GE ready. And I was one of them. And I was then, it was then when I got an, a call for interview and I found out that hiring department was the one who initiated the GE readiness program. And that's the HR Department for Compensation Benefits, Performance Rewards, and Re uh, Performance and Rewards. And then uh, I even asked her how I got uh, interviewed because I didn't, I, I did not even apply for the position. But they said that they just chose six to be interviewed from the GE Ready, uh, from the 25 GE Ready staff. And you know what? It's a miracle. I got the job. So. It was in my last 4.5 years with HR department as an HR analyst before I retired. So here I got the I had the exposure of doing service to our clients, our staff and management. I had the opportunity to do data analysis, did presentation at the onboarding program on performance management, and finally conducted the rewards and recognition programs for the bank. And on top of that, I volunteered to organize brown bug lunches. BDLs, we call them BDLs for our department to promote knowledge sharing. I value so much knowledge sharing. And this gave me, not only me and the, the staff, the chance to share their skills to our colleagues. And I even invited internal and external speakers to provide valuable information for the department. And you know what? I would, I would, since you mentioned about the image you've had uh, in HR, yeah, I will. I will share with you what is really the role of HR and HR staff. You know? Yeah, please do. For me, HR should be the bridge or link to both management and staff. Not only the bridge, but builds the connection from what we currently are to what we want to become. HR, I believe, is here to serve both management and staff. HR should be the voice for each party. Management usually requests data for decision-making while staff needed to be heard and be updated for the latest management decision, decisions which will impact their jobs, families, etc. HR staff should be people-oriented. That's what I feel. So that they would know how to do to handle people in different situations. You know what? To work in HR, it is difficult because it is dealing with people, and dealing with people is also challenging. It is not enough to learn the individual on a surface level. We really need to get deeper and discover what are the under underlying factors which led to the individual's current behavior. From there, you may be able to explain fully if that individual is really fit for that particular job or position, or might need to move to another job that would make him more motivated as he enjoys the job more. Most of the time, the staff are stuck in their position. Like at the bank, we have a lot of reorganizations and they will just be moved around. 
but it really it's really very important that HR will be present to see if that staff would fit into that position where they will put them because of the reorganization. It takes time and research also. So your role as an HR is key to the organization's success, delivering great, delivering great results to production, but most especially to the group of the staff. That's what I think the role of HR is. I, I really agree with you because here's the thing. I mean, all businesses, and when I say businesses, I mean great businesses, they were really good at hiring the right people and putting them in the right position. So when you said they have to dig deeper into understanding the behavior, that, that's something that resonates with me a lot because the issue is that most of the times they don't go deeper into understanding good reason instead of the real reason why they are behaving that way they stop they consider that the work is done and they move on and this is something really dangerous but you know what walid it yeah. also it, the staff should be willing because sometimes ego plays a role here that's the uh, the bad thing the staff should also be willing and uh, accept the fact that he or she also needs to to evaluate herself. What does she really want or what does she wants to do? Because that would help the HR person also. If you're only after the promotion always, because that's always the problem. They want to try to reach, climb the corporate ladder. But are you happy with what you're doing? So for me, I go to where I am happy uh, doing. And because when you're happy with what you're doing, you don't feel like working. That's true. You feel true. like it's like a hobby. Yeah. And when you're happy with uh, with what you're doing, you feel motivated. And the people will see that from you because you'll be able to uh, send that positive vibration to other people. It's being transmitted. And then the tendency, just like what happened to me, I, I love doing events. So... Now, the people who knows me would always ask, Cynthia, can you help us in this BPU event, learning event? Oh, my. And that's on the BPU level already. And you're being, that's being visible also. So don't worry about you trying to work hard to reach the corporate level, but volunteer yourself and make yourself available to help others because they will see your strength. They will see your, your skills. And they will value it because whenever they need help, you're the first one to be contacted. And that's what happened to me. I love it. People should do something they love. And speaking of position and happiness made me think about something. I see a lot of resumes on LinkedIn and stuff like that. What are, what are the things that people do when they are applying for jobs? Well, I could just give you some tips, no? on how when when applying for a job uh, this is based from my experience first what i do is do some uh, do this company research check what is their mission what is the mission of the company are you in agreeable with their mission and another thing what are their core values is it aligned to your core values because when you are both aligned 
you see the values, both of you follow the same values, it will be a lot easier for you to perform better and do your task. And then uh, check also who are their stakeholders. You want to know the extent of their service. How are they making an impact to each one of them? Like, for example, the stakeholders may be the customers, the staff, the management, the shareholders, the government, private sector, the community, NGOs, and even board of directors. So if you see that uh, the impact is really uh, widespread, then they're really making an impact to all the sectors. And the next one is, um, is the job you would really love to do. Uh, as what I've mentioned a while ago, for you to be fulfilled and motivated with your job, that you're passionate to the job and value its purpose. Is there room for growth for that position? When you love what you're doing, as what I've mentioned, you don't feel like working. You treat it like a hobby. And for sure, you enjoy what you're doing. You perform better and you produce more. Then happiness show, and this leads to positive vibration being transmitted to others. Hence, better relationships will develop and there's more growth for each staff because this encourages teamwork. And another one is research on the people working there. This may be the director, the managers, team leads, and the staff. Are they more people? or result-oriented? Is there work-life balance? How's the camaraderie within the office? Is it very steep, individualistic, or do they show compassion and promote teamwork? For me, these are the very important uh, things that I, I consider before I apply. It's not good that you all apply, apply, but if you apply and then you're not happy, and you got accepted and you're not happy, you're impacting yourself as well as other people. So there's no growth, there's no motivation, there's no teamwork. And um, that's why I, I'm more into being people-oriented. They should all, You should also be results-oriented, task-oriented. You should do that. You should deliver your work. But for me, the most important is how are you feeling or interacting with other people? Because it really makes a difference. That's it. A quick note here. Listen, folks, always do your homework. Like homework is something that separates between the good and the great. If you do your homework, I can promise you, you will get results. If you don't do the homework, please stop complaining. So, Cynthia, tell me, like, what are the skills that the candidates should practice be before interviews? Oh, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. First, we prepare, okay. we practice, and we follow up. Uh, that's what I, uh, I, I usually do. First, prepare. So how do you prepare? So first of all, don't be late. Huh? That's the most important <laughs> thing. <laughs> position. The position, the employer, field, and self. So again, that's the research. And then you should be aware of the interview styles. At least you know what to expect. So when you, uh, when they ask for interview, is it a one-on-one -on -one thing? Is it a panel interview? Is it a group video interview, video chat? Or is it just an assessment or multiple rounds? Uh, at least this will set your mind. You'll be a lot prepared. No? And then prepare to ask questions. Probably a sample, an example would be, what are your priorities for the role for the first 60 days? 
what are the uh, what are the key challenges for the position? What's the reporting relationship? At least you know your direct supervisor and the lateral re relationship that you are responsible for, no? And then how is your performance? How is performance measured? This is more on performance management. How are you being evaluated? And then how success would be defined? What are the products and services that you're offering to the clients? And are there areas of growth anticipated in that position? And then also ask questions based on your research. And then again, energy, you should bring in the energy because 60% of your message is communicated non-verbally. And also the last one for preparation when you prepare is the two minute power pose. Look at yourself in the mirror, elbows out, chin lifted, Posture expansive prior to interview. See, that's another one, that part of the preparation. That's a good and then one. The yes. <laughs> and then the next one is practice. No, Practice is um, the, what they say. It's not what they profess, but what they practice that makes them good. Uh, I think that this is a Greek proverb. But there are kinds of interview questions. The, usually, we have the traditional, the most common one. How are you, uh, can you tell me something about yourself and uh, what's your background? Something like that, no? Yeah. But then the next one is behavioral. And then the, ne the, and then the next one is problem solving. So there what is do you, a, a model, huh? Sorry. What do you mean by behavior? Like, what do you mean by this? Aha. Uh -huh. Actually, there's a, 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 a model for behavioral questions. That is the SAR, S-A-R. And that's the situation. You describe the situation. Yeah. And then tell the specific actions you took. That's the action. And then tell the results or impact. So the situation, usually in an interview, when the, you're given a situation, like for example, tell us about a time when you faced a conflict while working on a team and how you handled it. So describe the situation, 30 seconds. The action you took for one minute, describe that, and the result or impact for the, for 30 seconds. That's how you make an impact because now it's more on telling stories. That's, uh, that's very important. No? And then the last one is follow up. So when starting strong is good, but finishing strong is epic. So after the interview, review your performance while it's still fresh. Then update your references. You usually send in your references after the interview. And then send a thank you correspondence. The timing should be 24 to 48 hours after the interview. And then who's your target? The hiring manager manager or the panel. Send that email to them. And then put a content in your email saying, what can you offer that would add value to their group? and then try to be concise and customized. And actually, there are five uh, success strategies. Again, as what I mentioned, don't be late, be on time. Compose yourself on arrival and smile. Dress for success. Maintain appropriate eye contact. Stay on message. Speak positively of self and others. That's always the problem because sometimes the others, why are you applying for this position? Oh, because I'm not happy with my past position. I'm having problems with my, my my supervisor. It's a no no. Speak always speak positively of self and others, and then show enthusiasm. 
it's just um, these are some tips which I would like to share during the interview. Now. This this is something like I can say that sums up a lot of HR books because honestly this is something that a lot of people forget and you said something about the follow-up I mean even in like people like us uh, in sales and marketing they target the first time second time and they stop they gave up most of the sales are made after the 10 times trial you have to do the follow-up 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 is important in every part of life not only in sales and marketing, not only in HR, like in every part of your life, the follow-up is important. I have like a last question about HR and I, I want to ask you some questions about what you are working on right now. So my last question about the HR is what make HR choose the ex-candidate over others? Like, like, for example, why would you choose Walid instead of, I don't know, Alexander? Is it like the skill set? Is it the degree? Is it the experience? Is it the persuasive writing? Mm, okay. You know what? Um, of course, the, if you're applying in an HR position, if you have a psychology degree, it will be a plus. Yes. But however, they, at the bank, they, they choose someone with a skill set skill set that they that can complete the required job like for my position for example which is an hr analyst you should be very skilled with data analysis this is a requirement because most of the time management will ask for reports that with actual data and recommendations so i think another one is your behavior they would like to know if you're a team player this is a number one thing huh? The, the department is, we consider the department, in our department, in my department, previous department, it's like a family. No matter how high your position is, if someone needs help, all will be there to help each other. When I had the opportunity to sit in a panel to interview a candidate, I always give emphasis on the behavior or attitude rather than the level of education and skill set. That is like 75% attitude and 25% skills. Because I feel no matter how high your education is, but if you do not know how to treat your colleagues with respect, then you're not worth the position or for the team. You can easily learn your skill set, but you cannot change the attitude of an individual. That's how I feel. But at the World Bank, you must go Actually, before you join the World Bank, you really need to go through a written and oral test, which includes letter composition, IQ, situational cases, computer programs, etc. So you are expected to be fluent in English, both oral and written. So if there's an opening in a particular department, you will have to go through the com uh, competitive selection process, from long list to short list then panel interview, then interview with the director or manager. This will just check how fit are you in the position to the team and to the clients. So it's not really, that's why you try to work hard when you're already within the bank, you work hard and then see how can you volunteer and help others and especially for that le next level position or the position that you want to, to apply. Try to volunteer and then uh, try to see how you can help because uh, they will, you will learn so much. 
and they would know that you're you're very much interested in that position. So when there's an opening, then you're you're already not really considered, but uh, you're not really chosen. But for sure, they'll be considering you as well because you've been helping them, you've been doing the job. That's uh, that's what we do. That's how we we go from one place to another in at at the bank and applying. Enough with the uh, HR and let's retire from the HR world and start a little bit talking about your coaching. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I had enough career with HR right now, so I want to get more into <laughs> coaching. <laughs> okay. I already know why did you get into coaching, but I would like you to tell us why did you get into coaching? Well, actually, I think after when, when I retired, that I did some self-reflection and I, um, I discovered my why. I, I thought I'll be retired. For me, retirement is really enjoying yourself, traveling, be with friends, having, enjoying the five weekends, uh, the seven weekend days. But there's something missing. There's really something. I tried applying, but there's still something missing. So when I, based on my, my life's challenges, I think it's about time for me to give back what I have gained, the blessings that I have uh, gained from my career, um, from, from what I've uh, learned in my life's journey, the wisdom I've gained for every interaction I've had with every individual. Their life journey for me was a learning experience. And this is what I want. I value knowledge sharing. So I've created a, we have, uh, I have a program that was uh, really based on how to manifest your dream. And I just want to others to really answer the question, what would I not? And uh, this is really helping them how to apply their best thinking to create a possible life that they would absolutely love to live. Remove all the blockages. Because life, life is great. That's what I've been telling. Life is great. And each one should experience this. And no one deserves to stay in darkness. As what I've mentioned, if I was able to overcome my challenges, then others will be able to do it as well. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm here to help each one who are really struggling and who are still stuck and cannot move forward. And you know what? In in this one, in the program that I'm offering, it's really you will discover your the real gift at the end of this journey. And this is the new you, that's it. And that's why I, I joined this uh, new venture because I know I'll be able to help others and I enjoy helping people. That's my mission now. <laughs> that's it. That's really a good mission. And now I'm, I'm just curious right now, at what age are you st starting your business this way? It's going to be a message to all people with excuses, but I'm 30 years old. I'm too old. I can't just start a business. I can't do this and that. Like to cut the bullshit. I want you to tell me at what age are you starting your business? Actually, I'm now 59. But if you are able to start your business as young as possible, why not? Because 
if you if you just remove all those blockages and paradigms ahead of time then i could have created my dream by design and not by default most of the time we design we create our dream by default because we are constricted by what's happening by by how we were raised you know so i I I was always before no I was always exposed to anticipating the worst case scenario and then this stops me from moving forward instead of inspiring us that we can do it well sorry sometimes most, uh, most of our elders would always emphasize the negative no and most of the time I was raised in fear fear that I'm not, I'm, I'm not capable of doing that I don't have the money. I can't live in abundance because we're not rich. But you know what? I am super grateful for my parents that, that even though we were not rich, they were able to send us in a private school. And it was instilled in us that education or knowledge is very important. They can easily steal your that what they always tell me, uh, tell us, they can easily steal your money, but never your knowledge. But if you want to start a business of how well, impacting other people, start early. You are free to design your own, uh, create your own dream by design because you live in abundance. You, you're an ultimate being with human experience. That's why we are just constricted. So go for it. Just do it, and since Just you, do it, correct. yeah, <laughs> since yeah, so since you are doing it, I want to ask you a question. Like, what is something that you wish you knew when you were younger that could have made a huge impact on your life? Uh, well, just what I mentioned. It was the the. If I was just open that I can do it, I am capable of doing it. I was not constricted by by the paradigm, then I I will do it. And uh, if I could have started earlier, but you know what, my mission now is uh, I, I, it's been my mission spreading sunshine and happiness. And uh, up to now, that's my mission. That's my vision. That's why whenever I go out. I make sure that I have this positive, positive uh, attitude towards other people. And this positivity is easily transmitted to other people. And um, that, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do right now. I want to, if I was one, I, young, I continue to inspire all the people I meet and interact with. That I may always show this positive energy by smiling to each one. Well, you don't know that smile might have an impact on an individual who's going through so much depression and needs uplifting. Actually, my daughter was, uh, whenever I take her to school and I would, uh, we would meet people walking, you know, and then she would ask me, and I would smile, and then my daughter would say, Mom, how come, you, why are you smiling? You don't know that person. <laughs> ah, because there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, the smile, uh, see what was the reaction of that smile, of my smile. She smiled back. It's, there's no harm. You even gain friends when you smile. And that's what I always tell her. And you'll be surprised how the people will mirror you. Happiness is contagious. And with what we're going through right now, 
the pandemic, the economy, and so on, what we all need is love and compassion. In our own small ways, I believe we can make an impact to others' lives and let this be a rippling effect. Let it spread until uh, it reaches the four corners of the world. That's why, again, as what I've mentioned, my mission is really to spread sunshine and happiness to the people I meet and make this spread like wildfire. So darkness may eventually disappear and light, happiness, peace, love, and compassion to be. And this is my living guide as long as I live. That's it. I love it. And you know, there is an old saying, I think it's from Asia, but I'm not sure of the, the origin. It says, a man who doesn't smile should never open a store. And I absolutely, yeah, and I agree <laughs> with that. It's so real. Like, if you are not able to smile, I mean, as a human being, how can we trust you if not if you are not able to smile? And when when I say if you are not able to smile, I'm not talking about faking a smile, but rather a sincere smile. Yes. So a speaking sincere, a genuine smile. Yeah, of sincerity, genuinely. Uh, I, I I'm wondering who inspires you the most, and who are you trying to inspire? Well, uh. I'm inspired by Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She's an Albanian, Indian, Roman Catholic nun and missionary born in Skopje, North Macedonia, who is now a saint. She is a person full of love, peace, compassion, and humility. And she promotes that we spread love. Wherever we go, always smile. See, smile comes up again. <laughs> <laughs> and as love and peace begins with a smile, that's what she says. Be faithful with small things because it is in them that your strength lies. So that's how I inspire people. I smile. I continue to smile and promote happiness. And that's uh, up to now. That's what I'm doing. That's, that's really it. good. So, Cynthia, <laughs> if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how they can reach out to you? Oh, um, they can email me. Uh, I have a Facebook account. Uh, just look for Cynthia Concordia, and um, and also at LinkedIn. Just look for Cynthia Concordia, and I have this uh, uh, email account. Should I share my email? <laughs> so probably in the Facebook and the LinkedIn, that would be enough. And um, I also have this website, dreamtorise.info, if they would like to take a look at my website. That's it. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It has been really a pleasure having you as a guest, sharing with us so much insights and valuable information that can bring a lot of value to people.